It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington Commanders wide receivers coach Drew Terrell is leaving the team, but don't worry, we've got some solid replacement ideas for you. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Commanders fans? Welcome to your Tuesday edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every single day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. And we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listener, your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris the Rooster Russell, will be back tomorrow. Let's hear it for the Rooster, but he'll be back tomorrow. You can find him as well on the Team 980, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, live with his partner there, Pete Methurst, Russell Methurst, also available Anytime on the Odyssey app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Some new hires for the Washington Commanders coaching staff are coming. So we'll break down some of the candidates for those jobs. And we'll hear from Locked On Chiefs host Ryan Tracy about new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bienmi. But first, Washington has already lost defensive backs coach Chris Harris, who departed the team to become the new defensive passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach with the Tennessee Titans. And now it looks like they're going to be losing another coach because Drew Terrell, wide receiver coach Drew Terrell, is leaving the organization, according to recent reports. On Monday, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that Terrell was a strong candidate to be hired by the Arizona Cardinals, despite the fact that Arizona is actually hiring Cleveland Browns quarterback uh, quarterbacks coach Drew Petzig to be their offensive coordinator. Drew Terrell had previously interviewed with the Arizona Cardinals for that offensive coordinator job. They did not give the coach, uh, Coach Terrell, the job. Instead, Coach Petzig getting Petzing getting that job. But it looks like the Arizona Cardinals were still impressed with Drew Terrell's work. Want to bring him in uh, as well. Uh, the reported reported duty is going to be passing game coordinator, uh, I believe, for uh, Drew Terrell there in Arizona. Terrell was on Ron Rivera's staff with the Carolina Panthers before coming to Washington with him in 2020 as the assistant wide receivers coach. Uh, Terrell was then promoted in 2021 to the wide receiver uh, position coach after Jim Hostler was promoted to the role of senior offensive assistant again uh, with the commanders. In 2020, uh, Terrell was part of the staff that helped Terry McClure become the first 1,000-yard receiver for the Washington franchise since 2016 and then helped Terry McLaurin go on to have two more straight, giving McLaurin three straight 1,000-yard seasons uh, after this past season, 2022, getting his third straight, uh, and also helped guide John, rookie Jahan Dotson, first round draft pick, third to 35 catches, 523 yards, and seven touchdowns, incredibly impressive uh, in his rookie season, despite missing five games with a hamstring injury, really five plus injured uh, that that hamstring in the in the fourth game of the year against the Dallas Cowboys. Many argue, I've argued it here on this very show that given the pace he was on in his first three games, if he doesn't get injured in that fourth game. Uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, probably on pace to be 
uh, if not the offensive rookie of the year, at least a strong candidate for offensive rookie of the year. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver for the New York Jets, ends up getting that award. Um, but either way, pretty impressive uh, pacing and, and, and play, considering John Dotson was the fifth receiver drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. So Chris Harris, Drew Terrell, both uh, look like they're leaving uh, this franchise. And look, those are those are two big losses. Chris Harris, we kind of talked about earlier when the news first initially broke uh, that he was leaving the team for the Tennessee Titans, but obviously very instrumental in the development of Benjamin St. Juice. And, and I think that from a leadership, a teaching standpoint, that you don't want to take away from the fact that he was trying to help develop Benjamin St. Juice to be the team's starting nickel. And then when the team came out into the season and has some struggles on the outside and then the eventual departure of William Jackson the third has to basically shift gears with Benjamin St. Juice and then take him back outside uh, where obviously he had been kind of trained in his rookie season the year before and become the starter and not only become the starter, but play pretty stinking well uh, as the starter. Obviously, some injuries crept up on St. Juice as well. That kind of derailed the latter part of his season, but did a very uh, honorable job uh, in the meantime. And again, it's testament to Chris Harris from our training camp, watching Coach Harris pulling St. Juice aside. I mean, they would do a rep. Danny Johnson would come in. St. Juice would come out. Chris Harris would coach him up. Dan Johnson would come out. St. Juice would go back in, do a rep. I mean, it, it was it was really awesome watching the energy that Chris Harris had, but also Drew Terrell, uh, the energy and the engagement he has with the wide receivers. Again, no assistant wide receiver coach for the Washington Commanders in 2022, so he was a man you know, doing the job uh, by himself, but he was engaging with each receiver. And I asked him at one point during the season uh, about kind of the science of teaching wide receiver, you know, route concepts, release stems, breaks, all that stuff, uh, but also accentuating the player's uh, skill sets. You know, Terry McLaurin is not the same receiver that Curtis Samuel is. Curtis Samuel is not the same as Jahan Dodson. Jahan Dodson is not the same as Cam Sims. These are all different guys. So while, yeah, release is important for everybody, stem is, is important for everybody, how you break out of your route is, is important for everybody, all that stuff. Each guy has their own flavor, kind of has their own style, their own gear uh, that they play wide receiver with. So the science and art combination of taking each guy teaching them the same playbook, the same route concepts, the same scheme, but doing it in a way that accentuates their individual skills. I think that's really where a good wide receiver coach makes their money at the end of the day. And I think Coach Terrell did a really great job during his time uh, in Washington. So big losses for the Washington Commanders, coaching staff, Chris Harris, Drew Terrell, but huge congratulations to both of those guys uh, as they get their their next jobs in, in the National Football League. You're going to hear both their names uh, again, the next steps for them will be full-time defensive, full-time offensive coordinator, and then eventually uh, I anticipate you're going to hear both these guys being talked about in head coaching cycles in years uh, to come. Washington will now have to replace both their defensive backs coach and wide receivers coach now. So we're going to discuss some potential candidates for those jobs. But first, we're going to hear from Ryan Tracy, host of Locked on Chiefs, as he comes through to share some insight into new commander's assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to check out Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty, and they're so delicious, you're not going to realize that they're good for you because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie while always maintaining amazing macros. I'm talking only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein for years. We've been talking to you about getting Built Bar through the mail at Built.com, but now you don't have to wait for the mail. You can go to Walmart or you can go to Sam's Club and get it yourself. If you want to head to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and you find yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream. 
double chocolate or coconut puffs. If they don't have them, it means they're sold out, which means you need to go to built.com and check out what all the fuss is about because obviously they're very popular. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get yourself a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. Same deal goes there, of course. If you just want to go online anyway, you can do it still. Check out the new and improved double chocolate built bar or look out for animal cookie that dropped on Tuesday. Whatever your preference is, grab yourself a built bar built different. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Join now here on Locked On Commanders by Ryan Tracy, host of Locked On Chiefs. At Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter does so much more. Make sure you're checking out all the work that Ryan is doing. One of the hardest working guys in football. I can tell you that's Ryan. Uh, it was great seeing you down in Mobile. It's, it's been a little while since we got to see each other in Mobile, but it was great. I don't know if you caught the two episodes that I guest hosted because you had to take off early. Um, I did not do a good job. So, uh, hey, kudos you crushed it to you <laughs> for doing it as long as you did. Um, speaking of Locked on NFL Draft, actually, let's plug right. We've got two new hosts in Locked on NFL Draft that are going to do a good job. Uh, two guys from the draft network, so make sure you're checking that out. But here today, we want to talk about Eric Bienemy, uh, new head or assistant head coach. Uh, might be getting ahead of myself there. Assistant head coach and offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Ryan, I'm going to ask you the question that everybody obviously wants to know, and I don't think we're ever going to get a straight answer for anybody. So feel free to do what everybody does and kind of be like, well, you know, it's a little bit of this. Just how instrumental has Eric Bienemy been in your eyes to the Kansas State Chiefs' success over the past five seasons? Yes. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is this happened with Doug. It happened with Matt Nagy when he left. Mm-hmm. How much of the play call is his? How how right. does it work? Who has override? Andy Reid controls everything. Let's just put it that way. No play goes out without his approval. But we've seen it kind of ebb and flow a little bit. Um, now, Eric was, was credited with finding a, and implementing the uh, Super Bowl 54 play, the the old Rose Bowl spin around kind of thing. So like he's had his mark on a couple of plays in the past. So I think we could take that as a telltale. He and Patrick are very close. Uh, you will see that what has happened in the last two seasons is that it is more unlike Super Bowl 54 when we saw the Wasp play and everybody saw the behind the scenes there, the turning point where Mahomes is literally asking the enemy, do we have time to run this play? Like, do I conceptually yeah. have the number of seconds I have to get it done? Now they're way more in lockstep. They're in the headsets together all the time, but there's less questioning. There's less um, re-reviewing plays. That mm-hmm. actually came, and Matt Nagy's been doing that a little bit more the last season or two because it's more creative on that side. Like, Evie and Mahomes are, they're locked up. They're the same kind of dude. Like, they might look nice on the outside. Like, Evie can put out kind of like this grandfatherly thing at times. Yeah. But that fuse is like that short because he's gone in a second. And he, the, my favorite thing about Eric Bienme is he holds everyone accountable as though you're one of his kids. He does not care. And I think that's been a great thing for not only Patrick, but for the whole offense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think you added a lot of flavor to that conversation that I haven't heard before. So I appreciate you 
dropping that in on us. I think, you know, when you look at, so a lot of people talk about the coaching tree, but a lot of people look at Eric B enemy situation and say, how many offensive coaches who didn't call plays for their systems still got head coaching jobs. I kind of try to narrow, I kind of try to narrow the scope. Cause I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily fair to look at like the McVay tree or the Shanahan tree and say, well, though I look at the Reed tree and the bottom line is he's had 10, 10 coaches go on to become head coaches out of those 10, only three of them were offensive coaches. The rest were defensive or special teams coaches in the case of Harbaugh. Still those three, I think that's, that's, it's somewhat significant. Um, from my research, the last I could tell Matt Nagy was really the last offensive coordinator where like everybody on him understood there was a, a season. And then I think it's, it's important to say that it was one year, um, where he was the play caller and Andy Reid kind of stepped back from that, took that back when EB stepped into the position after Matt went to Chicago and then Doug Peterson, uh, calling plays for the second half of 12 games, which was incredibly weird for me to read. I had to read it like six times right. before I said it on my own show. Cause I'm like, hang on a second. Am I actually hearing this correctly? How big a deal is it in your mind, Ryan, that EB never had full play calling control in Kansas city, as far as his prospects of being a head coach? Well, it, it's funny because there have been times when we've heard through the locker room and, and on the local beat that, Hey, EB actually called this game mm-hmm. or here and there. EB kind of had the, the overall plan and Andy just rubber stamped it like so we've heard bits and pieces it just hasn't been a blanket statement like you said like 12 games or this yeah. season so it's come in fits and starts and i think that's probably what detractors are going to say has been the problem i think it's probably just a wash because in the end no matter whether it was doug then or matt it was always andy with with override approval so it's never been a carte blanche and yeah. i think that's something that people get carried away with here I think, honestly, the big problem, and like you said, of those 10 head coaches, only three even being on the offensive side of the ball, is because this this umbrella that Andy Reid casts is so huge, mm-hmm. there's always a question. It doesn't matter who you are, there's always a question. I think when you put that together with Eric's personality, he is a straight shooter to the utmost. Like I mm-hmm. said, accountability is huge for him. He does not sugarcoat things. That's, I think, for a lot of general managers to deal with. Yeah. I think that combined with the fact that there's this question about can you run your own offense i think that's been the sticking problem there's a lot of people are going to bring up the obviously race issue i don't think that's it personally from what i understand from around the league i think it's really that combination and in making a lateral move like this i think this is where he blossoms because now this will be eric the offense i think you're gonna see a lot of similarities with what patrick does depending on who is the signal caller for the commanders but I think that's also going to have some new wrinkles as well. So I'm really excited. I hope that the commander's fan base enjoys him while he's there because I think a couple of seasons with the enemy offense, and I think he will get that head coaching shot. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I've already been asked if uh, if a new ownership group comes into Washington and decides to uh, fire Ron Rivera and his staff more so just to get rid of the whole Dan Snyder regime in general if they don't just keep Eric Bieniemy and make him the head coach. That's conversation I think is going to be had. Probably, you know, not sooner rather than later, but I think eventually that is a conversation we'll have to have on Locked On Commanders. Now, you you mentioned kind of coming out, you know, running the, the offense all for, for himself. And and really, I think that's what most of us will, will come away with and say, this is why EB left Kansas City. This is why he's going to Washington. But a lot of people have been very vocal. Uh, uh, Emmanuel Acho uh, came out and said that it was a dumb move. I mean, actually called it dumb, which I think is disrespectful and un- and, and unreasonable. Um, Robert Griffin III said that he wouldn't do it if he was Eric Bannon. He would stick it out in Kansas City. And I think that the basis of it is is rooted in in positivity. Like, 
you're doing enough, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, to deserve a head coaching job. And I think that's what they're trying to do is support him. But in, mm-hmm. and, and the way that as I'm perceiving it is you're kind of casting a shadow on the man himself for going out and pursuing his dream, which is to become an NFL head coach and doing what needs to be done, whether it's fair or not. Do you think Eric Bieniemy could have shaken this narrative had he stayed in Kansas City and or and eventually get a head coaching job? Or do you think hey, this move, not necessarily going to Washington, but just going to a team where he is now unquestionably going to be the leader of the offense, that was a necessary thing for EB? I come back to the fact that I think it's necessary. He's been involved with two, three Super Bowl appearances and yet still hasn't gotten to that point. We saw after this Super Bowl, three of the coordinators go. Like There's been opportunity. There's been repeated opportunity. He's interviewed, I think it is, 19 times for head coaching position, yeah. and it hasn't happened. That's crazy. That's just, at some point, and no offense to Robert Griffin or Acho, I, th- I agree with you. I think that's completely disrespectful. And quite frankly, I think he's getting down a road that he needs to stop for his career because there's yeah. too much glam in making these kind of comments that you really just don't understand. But yeah. I think in both those cases, those are younger guys. Eric Bieniemy staring down the, the twilight of his coaching career. Nobody, nobody does Pete Carroll, right? So I think taking yourself out of, of just the nuts and bolts of it, when you look at longevity and having to, to try to develop your own program and maybe have a decade in a place as a head coach yourself, I think the clock's ticking for Eric Bieniemy. So I think this was the best move for him. I think it was a good move for the Chiefs as well. And I think the commanders are the, the ones that are going to reap the benefits as long as everything else around the organization can get straightened out. Yeah. I mean, look, worst case scenario, like I said, like you mentioned, kind of mentioned if EB is a one or two year and done guy uh, in Washington, maybe one and done if the entire staff is removed. But if he does well and goes and gets a head coaching job, the Washington commanders get a couple third round picks uh, out of it. And Ron Rivera gets that, to say that he was the guy that gave him the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, probably should have had those picks a couple years ago, uh, to, to be quite honest with you. Um, I gotta be honest, I've said it on my show. I think Matt Nagy is one thing, you know, at least he would like, you know, at least to the, the public optics was a full time play caller for at least a whole season. Brad Childress had the assistant head coach tag on him before he got his job. Doug Peterson is the one that kind of confuses me, but not that he got a head coaching job because he went back to Philly. They already knew him, you know, from mm-hmm. being in the building with, with Andy Reid's staff there, but then he got a second job. Like the fact that Doug Peterson got a second job before EB got one job, that's where I'm kind of like, what, what what's really going on here? Um, you mentioned the new wrinkles that, that an offensive coordinator might have, and, you know, EB, again, he's been an OC, but Andy Reid does have a lot of, of, of control and influence over the offense. So when you look at Washington's roster and what you know of it right now from the outside looking in, who on that roster do you look at and say, that's an EV guy, that's where he's going to lean on to have success in year one? The guy that really stands out to me, and and I haven't reviewed the entire roster lately. Right. I should probably do that while we're talking here, but it, it's Miami Brown that stands out to me because when nice. you want a guy that can do multiple things for you, and I do expect Eric Bieniemy to install some of the Andy Reid concepts, being that receivers need to play all three positions. You need to be able to stack, particularly defensive backs that are over you in order to if you are not going to be the target, draw coverage to you. I think Brown's a guy that still has upside. And I think in this system could work out really well. Uh, it, it's going to be about the learning curve. It always is with this system. But I will say this. I expect some some tenets of the Reed system to come over completely. There will be a lot of pre-stat motion. They will do everything they can to identify everything possible for their quarterback ahead of time. And I know that there's a question about who the quarterback is. So that mm-hmm. may change its form quite a bit. There will always be that, and that will then create some of these, uh, you know, the, the gadget plays. I don't like to use jet motion in that kind of context because I think there is more uh, really schematic design to it than just a gadget. Uh, okay. But there'll be more of that. You'll use motion. They'll do those things. 
But the enemy, I think, has a tendency to want to be a little bit more straightforward. And he'll use those things, but I expect a little bit more wham blocking. I expect things inside. I expect them to have a more multiple run attack to bring balance, like we saw in this last Super Bowl that really helped the Chiefs in being nearly a 50-50 split run to pass. That's something that I think Eric Enemy will enforce. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm glad you brought up the run pass ratio and being a little bit more balanced. I did the research and over Enemy's five years, the, the Chiefs have passed the ball 62% of the time or more in every all five seasons. But I made the argument that with Ron Rivera and kind of what he wants from his team, probably going to lean more towards that 50-50 balance. So good to know he's already done that. Here in Washington, like I said, nothing solidified per se about, about who the starting quarterback is, but we do know Sam Howell is going to get his opportunity. And I think most of us are running with the idea that Sam Howell is going to be at least get the opportunity to be the number one guy. I, for one, have confidence in Sam just from talking to him, getting to know him, uh, and seeing him on the practice field. I think he can secure the job if he and EB can get on the same page. So you do consulting work, Ryan. If you were Sam Howell, what would you tell him as far as getting ready to approach Eric Bieniemy and work with his new offense coordinator and assistant head coach? There are a number of things that you have to do to prepare, prepare yourself mentally. You have to grow a thicker skin because it's not going to be pleasant at times, especially for a young player like Sam. Now, I'm not necessarily sure that Sam will get there in terms of the, the demands that BNB will place on him. Mm-hmm. We'll see what their, their organizational plan is for the draft as well. But I will say this. Start with your very, very basics. Go watch the playoff drive that Chad Henney ran because that's your floor. You have to be able to execute the offense at that level like a 38-year-old who can't run anymore. And that gives you operational tempo, right? Then yeah. you can add things on top of it that your arm allows you or your legs allow you. But but get your floor straight. Study that. Study some of the basic games where Patrick had to miss in the last couple of seasons. Go back to that because that's going to give you a basic concept of what you can do and execute well. Nobody's going to live up to Patrick Mahomes. There's just no way to do it. So right. why not aim for a systemic concept and knowledge of what you think is coming? And then obviously, one thing that EB is really good at, and every player that's ever played for him will tell you this, Not only is he supportive of your designs or your plans for your career, he will help you do that. He is a guy who can adapt to his players. So I do think, depending on uh, what the quarterback coach is and and how much he's involved specifically, I think whoever the quarterback becomes will get some offensive wrinkles that are specific to him that Eric Bieniemy can come up with. Yeah, and I know that Eric Bieniemy spent a good part of Thursday talking to staff, talking to assistant coaches. So I'm sure he and Ken Zampezi, the the commander's quarterback coach, had a lot of conversations great stuff and that's that's very interesting i'm actually gonna do that myself and go back and watch the chad henny film and, and the games where eb had to go without uh patrick for for a little bit that's 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 very insightful ryan tracy host of locked on chiefs at ryan tracy nfl on twitter that's why we do this man that's why we bring in locked on chiefs hosts. both teams i cover have new office coordinators and you and corbin smith from locked on seahawks both killed it giving us insight on who these new guys are new assistant head coach and office coordinator eric Bieniemy. ryan appreciate you for your time brother yeah, thanks for having me, and I hope I'll see you before your Senior Bowl next year. Absolutely. One more time, big shout-out to Ryan Tracy of Locked on Chiefs. Great insight from him on, again, new Washington Commanders assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. We will speak to him on Thursday out in Ashburn. Can't wait for that conversation. Looking forward to meeting uh, EB in person. Some ideas for who could be the next Washington Commanders defensive backs and wide receivers coaches coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back 
if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays easily. My favorite part of playing on FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Who could possibly replace Chris Harris and Drew Terrell on the Washington Commander coaches staff? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be hard to do. The energy alone that those two gentlemen bring uh, to the practice field is going to be hard to replace, but so too, obviously, the mentoring uh, proof is in the pudding. Uh, we mentioned Jahan Dawson, Terry McLaurin with Coach Terrell, but let's not forget Curtis Samuel, who came to Washington for one year, injury-ridden, riddled. I mean, just could not stay on the field or get on the field, really. And then in year two, they had to manage that injury, manage his health, manage his, his conditioning, but also get him incorporated into the offense. And I think they did a pretty good job, which is a hat tip to uh, Coach Terrell there. So as we're looking for some of these replacements, we're going to talk about Chris Harris replacements and we're going to talk about Drew Terrell replacements. We're going to start with the simplest answer, honestly, and that's looking in-house. So you've got two assistant defensive back coaches uh, with the Washington Commanders. The first one we're going to talk about, really not in a particular order, but just because he he honestly seems to have more seniority. Assistant defensive backs coach Richard Rodgers, 11 seasons coaching in the National Football League, more than 30 years of coaching experience total. He is a Cal teammate of Ron Rivera, former Cal teammate of Ron Rivera's, uh, and he's coached around the world. I mean, guys, this isn't just a Carolina Panther guy. I mean, this guy is coached around the world, including in Scotland for the NFL Europe in 1998, uh, the Scottish Claymores. And if you've been a listener or a watcher of this show for an extended period of time, you probably heard me talk about the Frankfurt Galaxy being my favorite football team of all time. I'm a huge fan of uh, the World League, NFL Europe, Frankfurt Galaxy, actually still in operation. Nobody here probably cares about that. But anytime I hear the World League, it's, it hits a place in my heart. You know what I mean? So I I, uh, I look forward to talking to Coach Rogers about his experiences uh, there. So the other assistant defense, defense back coach, assistant defense back coach, and nickel back coach, uh, Brent Wieselmeyer, eight years coaching in the National Football League, four with Washington coming out of 2022, previously on the Oakland Raiders staff as well. So those are two Again, in-house, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know who would have the upper hand there. Obviously, Coach Rogers again, has more experience. So I, th- I I would probably just stack him if we're power ranking these guys, stack him on top of Coach Wieselmeyer. Maybe he becomes the assistant or becomes the full-time defensive backs coach. Brent Wieselmeyer stays as the assistant defensive back coach, nickel coach, for another season. And then who knows where we go uh, from there. Perhaps Coach Rogers is getting some defensive pass game coordinator looks next year or defensive coordinator looks next year. And then Coach Wieselmeyer gets his opportunity to step up. We'll have to see this uh, coaching staff, as you are all well aware, uh, not exactly something that you can uh, bank on for the long term as of right now. So we'll have to see what happens in the future. Sticking now, flipping over rather to 
uh, the wide receivers coach, uh, no assistant wide receiver coach on the 2022 staff for the Washington Commanders. I looked through the Washington Commanders staff roster. There are some possibilities, right? But there's most of those guys have either their quarterback centric, their tight end centric, not a whole lot of wide receiver experience in the room. So I don't know that any of them really become the uh, the wide receiver coach. Uh, potentially, uh, you see a shift in position, someone who was an assistant coach or a different position or offense quality control coach that focus on a different position. Maybe they move over and become an assistant wide receivers coach this year to a new wide receivers coach uh, in general. So had to go outside the box a little bit, but not too crazy outside the box, right? Eric Bieniemy, the new assistant head coach, offensive coordinator. Why wouldn't he want somebody that he knows uh, to come in there? So looked at two guys, uh, actually three guys really with the Kansas City Chiefs. The first one being Chiefs offensive quality control coach, Connor Embry. So Embry has uh, two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs as their offensive quality control coach, uh, primarily worked with the wide receivers in 2021, also worked with the DBs in 2020, uh, and then worked with Kansas City's linebackers in 2019. So this is someone that Biennemi is familiar with, has experience with wide receivers, guys like Tyreek Hill, guys like McCall Hardman, who, who have been uh, in EB's uh, systems before, and then even as an offensive quality control coach, Juju Smith-Schuster, all those guys, Isaiah Pacheco, um, certainly in that offensive wheelhouse as well. So he Connor Embry is is a name I think is worth watching as a potential replacement for Coach Terrell. Again, that right now is just a report, right? So, I mean, who knows? Never say never. Maybe Coach Terrell doesn't actually leave. But the reports are from Josine Anderson, Jeremy Fowler. Pretty pretty solid guys there. Pretty pretty solid folks there. So I don't think we can uh, we can cast too much doubt on those reports. Um, two other Chiefs names. Uh, to watch our offensive quality control coaches as well, or one's offensive quality control coach, Porter Ellett, uh, though he has more of a tight end background looking up his uh, his history, but he did work closely with the enemy and head coach Andy Reid as the Chiefs senior assistant to the head coach from 2017 to 2019. So certainly uh, has had an opportunity to work closely with EB as well. And then there's David Girardi, who is the Kansas City Chiefs pass game analyst and assistant quarterbacks coach, uh, worked primarily with the wide receivers in 2020. Uh, again, a lot of that information, courtesy of the Kansas City Chiefs' own website. Uh, another interesting candidate for what I imagine would more than likely be an assistant wide receiver coach position would be former San Francisco 49ers offensive assistant Katie Sowers. A uh, hat tip, tip to our friend Teresh uh, from our Tegna family who sent out a tweet with an excerpt from an article uh, and then also linked the article about Sowers in the Goshen News. Um, the article itself is about Katie Sowers receiving an award from Goshen College uh, back in October. But in it, she uh, she says something interesting about her return potentially to the National Football League, saying, quote, it is a possibility. I was going to be on the staff for Eric Bieniemy had he gotten a head coaching job. Bieniemy has been a huge mentor for me. And if and when that time comes, I'm going to have to make the decision of if I want to go back or if I want to continue to impact on women's flag football game. So I'll cross that bridge when it happens, end quote. So Sowers has been out of the NFL coaching scene for a little bit, has been focusing her attention on, uh, as she said there, getting women's flag football uh, really kind of going. She's done a great job there and produced some really great winning teams uh, as a defense coordinator, actually. Um, so flipping over the defense, just kind of showing that that football acumen uh, on both sides of the ball. Look, obviously, Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach yet, right? He's But as an assistant head coach, he's going to have some say. And as the offensive coordinator, he's going to have some say in who these, this coach replacement is on the wide receiver uh, in the wide receiver group. Maybe he reaches out to bring in Sowers. Uh, again, I would anticipate an assistant wide receiver coach position. She previously worked with the receivers, uh, with the Atlanta Falcons and the 49ers, among other duties, just as an offensive assistant coach. Um, the, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl uh, one year. She uh, That was 
her her uh, headline during that period of time. She was the first uh, female coach uh, on an NFL staff to go to a Super Bowl and also the first openly gay coach to go to a Super Bowl, given that she has been out of the coaching scene, NFL coaching scene, that is uh, for a little bit. I assume, again, the role would be assistant coach. Probably don't want to jump her straight into a full, you know, full-blown uh, position coach position. But who knows? I mean, EB uh, and Katie Sowers, again, she calls him a mentor. So if, if he believes that she is, is fit for the job, uh, and can handle it, you know, even being out of the National Football League for a little bit of time. Who am I uh, to to poo-poo on that? So Katie Sauer is certainly a dark horse candidate, whether it's as a assistant receivers coach, maybe just an assistant offensive coach in general, or uh, potentially the wide receiver coach replacing Drew Terrell if EB decides that she is the right person for the job. So there's some candidates to replace Chris Harris and Drew Terrell. Uh, defensive backs coach and wide receivers coach for your Washington Commanders from 2022. Chris Harris, again, already hired by the Tennessee Titans as their defensive pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Drew Terrell reportedly at the time of this recording on his way to the Arizona Cardinals to be their offensive passing game coordinator um, over there. So good luck to both of those men. We'll miss having them around training camp, practice field, all that stuff. But looking forward to seeing who the Washington Commanders bring back and we're also looking forward to having chris the rooster russell back he will be back tomorrow and i thank you right now for making us your first listen or your first view of the day if you've got questions or topics or comments drop them in the youtube comments hit us up on twitter drop them in the email inbox at locked on washington commanders at gmail.com or you can dm us on twitter at lo commanders i'm david harrison staff writer for commander country a part of sports illustrated's fan nation on twitter at d harrison 82 you can check me out make sure you're also checking out chris on the pete on the medhurst and russell russell and medhurst show he said that backwards uh live 9 a.m to noon eastern monday through friday on t980 or anytime on the odyssey app if you're out about please be safe be kind to one another and thank you as always for joining me right here on the locked on commanders podcast is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.